1: All right welcome back to training for manhood i've got a good friend Grayson Frank um, and uh, and Grayson you're you're kind of in a unique position right now as a young man because you're uh, engaged about to be married uh, yes. and i want to I want to talk about this um, for our young men because I want um, our young men to be in a similar position uh, where you are uh, one day um, and I want them to do it well. Um, and so um, one of the one of the reasons we're chatting uh, is because I um, I recently read a report that eight out of ten teenagers believe that they will cohabitate in their life. Right. So eight wow. out of ten teenagers. So you know, just kind of like they're they're you know they're not at that stage yet where they're ready to get married. But if they ask them, hey, what do you think life's going to look like? Most of them think they're probably going to be living with somebody before they get married. Right. Mm. And so um, you're you're not living with your fiance.
2: Well, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> you <laughs> better deny kidding. it, right? No, I have not. No, I sir. I think I got your
1: dad's number. Oh yeah. Right yeah?
2: Oh well, you might need to call him. Uh, yeah. No, we are not.
1: Okay, so I want to I want to talk about like those particular decisions and how you made them, mm-hmm. um, and what it what is what does that mean? So let let's start with this. Um, let's start with just uh, the the dating relationship aspect. What kind of things were you looking for in a young woman that your fiance Right, possesses that you said, hey, those things are attractive to me as a man. Let's start with that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, just to start off uh, right off the bat, to prepare to meet that person, I knew that I had to be what I was looking for. Right,
1: well, no, we're totally going to get to you in a minute. Mm -hmm. Right?
2: No, sorry. I keep bringing it back to myself, I get excited. (laughs) I like bragging about. I, myself. I, yeah, do
1: I get to talk about myself? No, stop yeah. talking about yourself. Let's talk about her. Mm. What kind of things were you looking for of the character, the qualities that she absolutely possessed that you said, "Hey, that's attractive to
2: me." Yeah, to me, the biggest thing was uh, she had her mind made up. Like she knew what she believed, who she is. Okay, uh, apart from who I am. So regardless of if Grayson was in the picture, that's me. She was going to be whoever God had called her to be, who she knew herself to be, uh, regardless of what I was or who I was, and regardless of what the world was going to say. She knew who she was. Okay, so
1: that was that was so very, that, was like... that was very much Trisha for me as well. Okay, yeah. So when, when I met Trisha, she was doing life well, right? And mm-hmm. and I I could tell um, that whether Dan was going to be in the picture or not, right? Trisha was perfectly fine with. With who she was, very confident, um, and not a, yes. not a like a you know braggadocious like overconfidence, like I don't need you concept, mm-hmm. um, but very much a um, um, and in fact I'll, I'll I'll tell you this because we talk about it, uh, Trisha was part of a sorority in college. Uh, mm-hmm. We met at UT, right? Which we always talk about. It's not hard to meet um, a Christian spouse at the University of Texas, exactly, because there's like four on campus, <laughs> right? You, you, you got four Christians. You just kind of find the, you know, the other one, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you just kind of connect with that person. So anyway, so we're at the University of Texas. We meet. She was part of a sorority. I had not done the fraternity thing, you know, kind of funny. But anyway, so I, I go down to UT for law school. Um, and I meet Trisha. She's part of a sorority. She's a tridelt there, and so. Um, Like our second or third date, she mentions to me, like, hey, uh, there's a sorority function, you know, and I'd like you to go. And of course, I kind of do the, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of don't do that thing or whatever. And her statement to me was, well, that's where I'll be. And if you want to be with me, then you'll be there. Mm. And I was like, yes. Well, okay, then. All right. (laughs) Then (laughs) you're you're different. If I want to be with you, then Mm. I'll be there. Um, and so I found myself at my first sorority function because I wanted to be where Trisha was, right? So I love that. Absolutely. Same thing, right? This, that, just that confidence thing. and just kind of that, mm-hmm. you want to be with me? This is where we're going? Hop on board.
2: Exactly. Love it's, it. It's not pushy. No. It's not, it's not no, bragging. It's no. just uh, she's living almost like with a made-up mind. Yes. Which I love. Okay. So that was, that was one of the qualities you saw. What else? Exactly. So I saw that, but I also saw the way she used her words. Okay. It wasn't to beat anybody down or take shots, uh, but it was to build people up. Uh. And so uh, she was able to build people up with her words without kind of uh, puffing them up, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Her words meant something. And so she didn't just use words just to use them, um, but rather she used them to build people up and have honest conversation. I love and that. And to me, that stuck out so much, yes. um, especially in a, a world full of words and oh. opinions and oh, yeah. different things like that, that feel like uh, you're just kind of chewing on air. Like they kind of, words seem to not mean as much as they have before because everybody has to have an opinion or has to take a shot at somebody or uh, kind of rile people up yep. and Bailey was just different in that. She just uh, she used words to build people up and to have honest conversation as opposed to tearing people down or just kind of saying words to say them.
1: Yeah. So I, I often talk about from a man's perspective that how important it is uh, to weigh your words before you speak so that mm-hmm. your words have weight when you say them. Uh, and I would say as a young person, um, I struggled with that. Um, I, I love to be sarcastic and I love to Um, Try to be humorous in my words and to kind of throw things out. And as I've gotten older (laughs) and hopefully (laughs) matured a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. I've noticed that concept that I really, um, I really like people who use their words well. Uh, and yes. I think that that's a that's a great trait to to see in somebody, right? Mm-hmm. That when they speak, right, you can listen to them. But they're going to have honesty. They're going to have integrity. They're going to, right? Uh, they're going to build other people up instead of tearing other people down. And you know, right? When they say something, it's like you want to listen and pay attention to them, because they're going to add value to the conversation.
2: Absolutely, I,
1: I love that.
2: Million percent, yeah. You yeah. yeah, well, and actually, so um, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mentioned, um, you know, there's a there's a part in First um, Samuel 16 where it talks about the life of David. Um, and, uh, and there's six things that they say, um, when, you know, Saul's looking for somebody to come and play for him cause he's in a, you know, a bad way. And a guy says, Hey, I know a young kid. Right. And he's, he's skilled in playing. Right. So we, we've, we've talked, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but, um, he's skilled in playing. Uh, he's a man of valor. He's a man of war. He's a persuasive in speech. He's a man of good presence and the Lord is with him. Right. Mm-hmm. So the persuasive in speech part, right. Is that concept, right. Is, um, it's a, you know, what he's saying about is, is when David opens his mouth, the words that are going to come out, right, are going to be winsome, persuasive. They're going to have weight to them, right? Yes. And that's, that's what you saw then in Bailey is kind of that. When she opens her mouth, that's a person I want to listen to, mm-hmm. right? That's a great trait. I love that.
2: Exactly. Yeah, no, seriously. Her words meant something yeah. more than just uh, the meaning of the word, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, and then kind of the third thing, truthfully, yeah? uh, was we just – Enjoyed time together, love it. Like we had fun. Uh, it, she makes anything fun. There you go. And so that was really, really attractive to me. Is I love to go and do things and uh, just make fun of things as simple as going to the grocery store. Sure. And she amplified that ten times. Yeah. Like I thought I was fun before I met her. Yeah. And then whenever I met her, I realized how not fun I am. Um. And it was she just makes everything better around her. Yeah. I love she that. just makes it light. Yeah. Um.
1: Well, that's kind of cool. We just finished. Um. Talking on here about uh, the meaning of marriage. It's a book by um, Tim and Kathy Keller. Yes, and one of the things that they talk about is just how the foundation for a good marriage is a friendship. Mm. Right? It, it, you know, it, it's a friendship with a you know opposite sex person, mm-hmm. um, but that friendship is the thing that's going to last. Far beyond, in a sense, um, you know the physical attraction and the concept of whatever love is and that feeling, right? They're like you're just you're going to be friends, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be your best friend. So yeah. that that idea that you guys just enjoy doing things together, exactly, right? Thirty years from now, sixty years from now, you're just going to keep on enjoying doing things together. Yeah, so th- those are great traits. I love that.
2: Absolutely. And at some point, like she's not going to be. A twenty-four-year-old totally. female. Hope not. You know, yeah. I hope not. Hope That'd not. be weird. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the old fingerprint uh, <laughs> button thing, right? You're yeah, sixteen, literally. you're still twenty-four. And you're like, now it's creepy. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, now it's just weird. And hopefully feels Hopefully, she
1: ages as you age, right? Exactly. It'll be good. So yeah, but while she's here, mm-hmm. right, you enjoy doing some of the things that you have in common. But that's going to grow and change and mature over the years to come.
2: Absolutely. And it. my mom always talks about this. It's like whenever you look for a partner. You're looking for a person uh, that you can be a best friend with, yes, a business partner with, uh-huh. and can be your lover, like yeah. truthfully. Yeah. Um, that intimacy side, that making sure things get done and life happens. That's good. But then also the side of it where it's like, even though life's happening and we're in this intimate relationship, I'm not just going to drag you through the mud whenever life happens. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to be there for you. So my mom always categorized it as those three things. Okay. Um, and then just looking through that filter uh, helped me really figure out, okay, Bailey's the one. Like I could see all three of those things yeah. in this relationship. Okay. So
1: I'm, I, now there's there's guys listening, okay? Mm-hmm. And I know what they're thinking already, okay? Um, you said three particular traits about a girl. You didn't mention anything about her physical attractiveness.
2: Yes, that's so, correct.
1: Ta- speak to that. Speak, speak to that person, mm-hmm. right, who's saying um, – like, is it important to you? Is it not important? What did you think about it? Like, I mean, what what would you say to a young guy about that?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I would say it's absolutely mm-hmm. important. You need to be physically attracted to the person you're going to marry. Okay. And that I think that's a part of the fun. Yeah. You're physically attracted. Yeah. That's a big thing, but it's not the main thing. Okay. And so to me, um, Bailey is super attractive to me physically, um, and that only – has grown the more I've gotten to know her. Okay. And so initially, obviously, she caught my eye. Yeah. But that wasn't the thing that kept her catching my eye. Sure. Um, And just her personality and the way just the Lord's made her and is sanctifying her has made her more and more attractive. And so instead of it being, I think whenever you base uh, your relationships purely on physical things, uh, you almost have like a set – Number of attractiveness, right? Yeah. But whenever you're attracted to the things that are more internal or personality or the way the Lord's made her, her physical attractiveness can only multiply. Like, it can only grow. Oh, that's
1: a good way of putting um, it. Yeah.
2: Whereas if I was only in it for the physicality of things, then like we had talked about, five, six, seven, ten, twenty 10, 20 years down the road... Would our love just kind of fade off because it was built on something that won't last? Um, And so I think as opposed to it being like, look for this rather than that, I think it's more of a be aware of kind of your motivation in pursuing this person, you know, for sure be attracted to him. But is that the only thing that you're attracted to in that person? Is it just their physicality or is it something more than that? Because you're going to need something more than that to get you through the ups and downs of life. Yeah.
1: I think it's, it's a great character check on yourself mm. that, right, what are you attracted to? And if you can't get beyond the question of just a physical attractiveness – Right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're so shallow yeah. that that's the only evaluation that you have mm-hmm. then right, what, is, what does that tell you about what the relationship going to be because that's what you're bringing to the relationship is that is that shallowness that I, I don't really care about her character or her integrity or her sense of humor or her whatever whatever right? yeah. the only thing I care about is her physical attractiveness mm-hmm. now I'm sure she has all of those other things well here's the, here's the reality right she, she may or may not Yeah, absolutely. But, if, right, but if you don't care about them Mm -hmm. Um, then those things aren't ever going to be enhanced and developed in things that you bring out. um, And that physical attractiveness, right, isn't going to sustain a relationship at the depth at which a marriage needs to be.
2: Absolutely. You know, I mean, it
1: it, it could, it can sustain a dating relationship for a little while, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm physically attracted to that person. Right. And we, you know, we enjoy yeah. being together because we take pictures all the time and look how good we look exactly. in the pictures. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Welcome to today, today's world, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not going to sustain um, 60 years of a relationship together unless there is something else there. So mm-hmm. as a man, you've got to begin to ask those questions. What am I looking for? So I wanted to start Absolutely. with that, but you mentioned that at the beginning um, mm. the whole process of what does it take for you to get ready? Um, so what would you say, just as a young man, um, that you – Started to do right in your life to prepare yourself to be a person who's ready to get married?
2: Yeah, I think you have to reach a point where you're looking to get married. You're not just looking to date somebody. Oh, yep. Um, I think that's step number one. Okay. I think for honestly, up until I graduated college, I was just looking to date somebody. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was ready to find my companion for life that I was willing to be serious enough and sit down with myself and say, okay, what do I think will last? And what am I actually looking for in a spouse, not just a girlfriend? Yeah. So I think you have to come to that point. I think you have to evaluate what you're looking for and what you think is worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I think you have to mirror that because you can't ask somebody to be something that you're not yeah. um, Or or ask somebody to be willing to do something you're not willing to do. Totally. And so I think after you reach that point where you know you want to get married and you don't just want to date somebody you evaluate the things that you're looking for then I think you have to mirror that I think it's only fair to that person Um, and if you are looking for a person that uh, let's say likes uh, like they're great at memorizing scripture Mm -hmm. I can't look for that but not also be doing that okay Um, and I do I also this is probably more of a personal belief I think that if you're doing that, it will be attractive to the person who's also doing that. Interesting. Um, yep. Because that character trait most likely will be something that they're looking for. Okay. Because they have that character trait. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Total. Um. Yeah. And so I, I
1: see. I see the thought process. One of the things I I um I really appreciated about Trisha when I met her mm-hmm. uh, was that she had a lot of characteristics that were different than me. Um, mm. Because I, I wasn't looking for, in a sense, right? You know, Dan Panetti as a girl.
2: Absolutely, right? that's da- a great point. Yeah. Dan,
1: Dan with long hair, like, eh, no, I don't really want scary. that. Um, she brought to the table a number of things that I felt like made me better because they were different than I already was. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, kind of, kind of that aspect of these are the things I'm already good at. If mm. I find somebody who's good at the same things that I'm good at, right?
2: Absolutely. Like it just in
1: it, it, in a sense, it sort of just reinforces my own, you know, like personality. Yeah, perso- the, 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 here's here's things that I'm already mm-hmm. good at. One of the things I loved about is she had such different um, giftings, abilities, interest, mm-hmm. um, and even in her spiritual walk. This is this is one of the things that I really noticed is the the areas where I was strong in my spiritual walk mm-hmm. were areas that she needed to grow. But the areas she was really strong were definitely areas that I needed to grow. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, you put the two of us together. Right, and that's like we're both growing in those areas that we that we really aren't strong in. That could be a really you know neat benefit. And so
2: absolutely, you know what I mean,
1: kind of like if you find somebody who's just strong in the areas that you're strong in, you just kind of keep on growing on those. But who's actually dealing with the weaknesses? And that's one of the things absolutely. I loved about Trisha is I could tell where, you know, in my spiritual walk, these are the these are the struggles that I have. These are the weaknesses that I have because of the way that I was brought up or the church that I was in. You know, this wasn't as important. Where Trisha had that you know, kind of counterbalance to it. And I was like, well, that's really attractive to me. I like that.
2: Absolutely. And maybe a better way to put it is priorities, right? Okay. Because uh, you and your wife, whenever y'all had met, y'all were prioritizing the same thing. Yeah, very much Since so. y'all are different, uh, like obviously, yeah. y- y'all are two different people. Yeah. You have different gifts and strengths than she does. Right. Uh, but at the root of it, and maybe this is more of at the heart of what maybe I was trying to communicate is, that y'all had the same priorities,
1: priorities, and in a sense, kind of the, the disciplines, right? The rhythm Absolutely. of life, right? Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. the same rhythms. Um, even though <laughs> we all know you probably aren't as good at cooking, or maybe I don't know, maybe maybe you are pretty good. I don't know. And if you're listening to this, yes. it's okay know. if you're a great cook. Hey, I wish I was hey, a great cook. I'm, I'm Italian.
1: And now my wife's dying laughing because she's like, well, you're like 164th Italian. Oh, hey, the we, truth comes we, out. We can, we can cook, Yeah, right? that's, that's one of Respect. the things Respect. That's yeah.
2: something I'm learning and want to learn. Yeah. It's just something I'm not naturally great at.
1: Yeah. Trisha's dad was a fantastic cook. Um, so when we came up to Dallas, um, he had Sunday lunch, um, every Sunday and now her moms continued that on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, it was just fun. Cause he was, he was just vicious in the kitchen, right? His, Ooh. his brisket, his pico. I mean, still to this day, uh, that's one of the things, uh, I think he passed away about like 13, 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can still, I can still, in fact, um, I made a, I made fun of him one time cause he was making, you know, pico and he uses, you know, jalapenos and he's cutting up the jalapenos and he mm-hmm. wiped his eye. After he had cut a jalapeno, so of course he's got the jalapeno oil on his on his oh, hands, yeah. and he's wiping his eye, and it's like, oh, and I was like, you know, I'm laughing at him, right? <laughs> and then, and then, probably about a year and a half, two years later, mm-hmm. um, I'm making pico right? And basically do the same thing. And my wife's just dying. She's like, remember that time when you were laughing at my dad? I was like, yeah, yeah. You (laughs) you got to learn that one on your own. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So anyway, no. um, Okay. So what else as far as um, things that you did to prepare yourself?
2: Yeah. So um, besides that, uh, besides kind of reaching that point, evaluating those things and kind of uh, mirroring those uh, priorities mm-hmm. that I realized I had in looking for a wife, uh, then it was time to get to work. Um, then it was time to, one, not waste my singleness okay, um, and really get plugged in uh, to the church and plugged in to what we're called as believers to do. Yeah. Um, and even as men to do, which is to just protect and serve your community. Yeah. Um, and so at this point, this kind of last phase to prepare myself um, to be married or to find that person, I was really uh, challenged by a mentor to prepare uh, to die just to sacrificially give my life to the church. Um, and then one day I'll get to do that with my wife. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the final stage uh, was just to give up my life to the church and the community that I'm in, uh, ultimately to serve the body of believers, to serve the church. But more so than that, just to do something outside of myself.
1: Okay, so i've I've never heard somebody phrase it that way before. That, I mean, that was mm. <laughs> that was really good. That was like <laughs> somehow that came but, but, out. I but don't I, know, but I totally understood exactly what you meant, mm-hmm. right? Because it's that, and, and here's here's the thing that I can I can I can see you doing right, and that is to be married. Um, and to have a successful marriage, right? Mm-hmm. You have to move beyond this self-centered mentality. Absolutely. So, what does it mean to be other-centered? What does it mean to um, to be Christ-centered? To be other-centered, so that your you know your your spouse, right, becomes the center. Right, so, and it's, it's like. You begin to put that into practice and actually do it and live it out mm-hmm. even before you get married and so before you walk down the aisle and get married, mm-hmm. your concept was i like how you said, i, I don 't waste my singleness right i 'm single mm-hmm. right now, and so what I do is i just i go serve right and i I learn how to serve the the bride of Christ so that I can learn how to serve my bride one day
2: absolutely and it 's going
1: to be basically in a sense the same concept right mm-hmm. which is which is where you get you know the idea that. Um, If God's going to use marriage as a picture of his relationship with us, then we have to take that and go, oh, that's a really good idea, right? Absolutely. I can use it as a picture of I can serve. I can learn to be other-centered. I can learn to die to myself Mm -hmm. because those are the things that I'm practically going to do and live out in my marriage. And if I get to do that for a year before I get married or two years or three years or 10 years, it doesn't matter, right? Just putting those things into practice and doing them not only makes me a better person, but as you said, it, it does. It prepares you to be in a relationship where that's going to be the daily activity of what you do. So Absolutely. that was really well said. I love that.
2: Yeah, no, honestly, I singleness of like as a guy, it can be such a black hole to where you get so used to – Doing things on your own schedule, at your own pace, yes. doing only things that you want, yes. where you almost reach a point where you're not able to find that person yes. because it means you'd have to break down so many other rhythms in your life yeah. that are self-focused. Yep. Um, Here,
1: here's what I do. Here's when I do it. Here's what I like, right? and it's exactly. like. And to bring somebody else into it, they have to fit into exactly your pattern. And it's like they're not going to. A million percent. Right? They're going to. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know, funny. Like right? uh, Tricia was a night person. I was a morning person. I mean, yeah. it's just it's funny how God's going to bring somebody along that just doesn't <laughs> fit right into the. Hey, wait a second. You know, this this is when I get up in the morning and, you know, I like the toilet paper on this way and I like the you know toothpaste squeeze from the bottom and things like that. And you realize it's like those those little things you have to be willing to say, hey, in a marriage. Right. I've got to learn to die to self and say. Those are not my priorities, right? Mm -hmm. Learning how to love another person um, and accept them for who they are um, and, you know, not get bent out of shape over the little. I've I've heard Mm. so many people talk about the problems that they have in their marriages. And when you step back from it, you're going, those are minor things. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, you, you couldn't figure out how to get past that.
2: Exactly. Right?
1: But but you can't because if you stay single long enough mm-hmm. without making the transition to use your singleness as a preparation for marriage, exactly. then you get caught into the habits and the patterns of doing everything the way I like doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to bring somebody in into a marriage relationship.
2: Exactly. And the list only gets long. Like the more you build up these rhythms yep. that are just self-focused, the yep. list gets longer for that person that you want to find to fill. Right? Yeah. And so – if we don't kind of attack this now in our singleness then we're just it's such an uphill battle the longer you you sit in that single kind of True. selfish yep. uh season which i've been i've been sitting in it took a mentor to have a, a serious honest conversation with me to kind of pull that out of me and it's not fun to realize that yeah. um and usually it does take another man kind of sitting you down and saying hey like this isn't like the lord didn't say like Serve your church once you're married, like he he said. Like you're supposed to serve the church and serve the body of believers, regardless of if you're married. Amen. Um, and so it it took somebody kind of confronting me on that for me to realize, oh my gosh, every single thing in my schedule is based on my preferences and right. my tastes and my opinions and the people I want to hang out with, and none of it. Uh, regards anybody else outside of Grayson. Yeah, And I was just, I was super convicted by it uh, after that confrontation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I always talk about the importance of having a mentor, right? An older mm-hmm. uh, man, um, older maturity wise, right? And, you know, they don't have to be 80 or anything, right? But just somebody who'd come alongside you and say those things to you that you need to have said to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and such, such a great um, opportunity. So for, you know, this might be that opportunity for a young man who's listening to this saying, wait a second, Like, you know, if Grayson looked at my schedule (laughs) and followed me around for a week, what you would see is everything is Mm self-centered. Do I do anything that is a sacrifice to me? Uh, Do I do anything that is kind of out of my comfort zone to say, hey, this is for the betterment of somebody else and it's going to cost me something. And if I don't have any of those patterns built into my life, Mm -hmm. um, if I don't force myself to do those things, what's it going to look like when I get married?
2: Absolutely. Be- because,
1: right, that, that's going to be your daily routine of mm-hmm. making those sacrifices, right, of doing something for the betterment of something else, somebody else, right? And that, yeah. that's, that's what love is, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember Thornberry, who we've had on here a lot, has this great quote of what, you know, love is, right? It's basically, you know, me, um, you know, promoting your betterment, even if it costs me something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just that idea of like, okay, so how do you build that? How do you develop that? How do you put that routine in? And I think you're right. It's, it's before you even get married, before you even find yourself in that relationship, mm-hmm. you can start practicing those
2: things. million percent. And going back to the cohabitating thing. There you go. Of the 50% that cohabitate, yes, 50% of those people that cohabitate, their marriage ends in divorce. Yeah. Because you, you're interacting with somebody in a noncommittal way yep. that does things completely different totally. than you. And so, if you don't have to change and they don't have to change because you're not committed to each other, why is other, this thing going to last? Why? Why would it's you? totally not going to last. said it.
1: the study said that the longer um, two people cohabitate, the more likely they are to get married or to get divorced, mm-hmm. right? And that concept. So, so this is what is super super important to me, right? I think marriage is such a. Um, it, it, it is not the preeminent relationship, right, for a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Your relationship with That's Christ great, yeah. is preeminent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a very important relationship that if a young person, um, you know, wants to be in, there's certain things that you have to prepare yourself to do to make that successful. Because if you don't, if you don't learn how to be Christ-centered and then other-centered, if you stay self-centered and Mm you um, aren't willing to make those sacrifices and you end up getting into a relationship that's going to maybe bring into the world children and -hmm. then it's going to fall apart and it's going to lead to divorce, I'm just going to tell you that that devastation on those kids' lives... Is so detrimental to their health and their well being and their spiritual health and well being and so it 's like you got to start thinking about these things now mm. before you 're thirty five divorced with three kids and right and you 've now left them scarred with the idea of what a father figure looks like because when scripture gives God the Father and he paints himself as a as a dad as a father, mm. well you 've done a lousy job right of demonstrating that picture to those particular kids because you didn't do the work necessary to get yourself in that particular position.
2: Absolutely. And that changes like you have the power to make that change. That's right. To like change the generations to come after you. Absolutely. It's crazy. But if we can think in terms of, okay, my kids and my kids' kids, my kids' kids, kids, like, I think that will totally change the game. Yeah. Of looking at what has been done looking at how we can do things differently. Um, and even to go back to the schedule thing, okay, if, if somebody looked at my schedule, uh, I'm, a, I'm in a season of singleness, um, I work a nine to five, mm-hmm. and I live alone, right. and we look at that person's schedule. It makes me think, uh, like, we need to kind of put it against this test, and that's the Philippians test. What did Paul say? To live is Christ, to die is gain. Okay. So what would Christ do if he was in your job, or in your school, in your season of singleness, with your amount of money and with your car, what would he do? Yeah. And so I think if we can match or mirror or have a sounding board to our schedules against that of like, okay, if Christ was me, what would he be doing? I think that'll solve a lot of problems. Yeah.
1: And the cool thing is to see is that Jesus lived out his life as a single man. Absolutely. <laughs> Another encouragement, which, which, yeah. which, is, which is kind of cool, right? And to think about how— Christ's or God-centered, right, and other-centered. His life and ministry were. Mm. Um, but here's the thing, which, which I love. Um, he had a ton of fun.
2: So much he, fun, right? He's, I yeah. mean, he, he's at the wedding parties feast, all dinner, the time. Right, so
1: he's having a ton of fun. People are like, "Hey, he's a friend of sinners." I mean, who's this guy who's you know <laughs> eating with the tax collectors and things like that? So mm. singleness doesn't have to be a um, you know a lack of enjoyment in life, right? Just just the opposite. I think you can enjoy life. But it has to begin to develop a mindset of an other centeredness mm-hmm. that you have to realize that the world tells you, hey, you can be self centered. Everything can be about you and your pleasure and your enjoyment uh, mm-hmm. on your time schedule. And you've got to be able to push back from that and say, no, I've got to develop right? And other centeredness. So you know what? Hey, this Friday night, I'm going to go volunteer at the whatever. Uh, And Saturday morning, I'm going to get up early and go, you know, hang out at the soup kitchen and go do that. And, you know, Sunday, I'm going to get to church early and go set up Mm -hmm. chairs. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the person who, you know, they're, they're always late to the meeting and they don't care about anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they, they show up and they complain about things, right? It's, it's, you, you see that mentality and you begin to realize that Person going into a marriage, taking that right, that relationship isn't going to last because they haven't done the work to prepare themselves to be in a relationship where Christ says, "Hey, the standard for this is you mm-hmm. learn to die to yourself." Absolutely, it's not going to work. Yeah, if you haven't learned to die to yourself yet.
2: <laughs> it's not going to work. So
1: that's good. That's good. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk um, more about the practical aspects mm-hmm. um, of uh, dating and uh, the concept of purity. Um, And we're going to do that in our next conversation. So, Grayson, thanks for your
0: time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.